Hi, I'm Samantha. Hi, I'm Sarah. And, and we, we are, are the, the Doom, Doom Crew. Damn you! Hey nerds, welcome back to another episode of The Doom Crew. Today, we're both covering conspiracy theories, and I'm going to cover conspiracy theories about the Denver International Airport. And I, Sarah, in case you don't know our voices by now, um, am going to cover some conspiracy theories in reference to Tupac. So, completely different kinds of conspiracy theories, but I think both are going to be super fucking interesting. Yeah. So, how about you go first? I went first last time. You go first most of the time because I'm just like, mm, I got to find it. Yeah. But I'm ready this time. Yay! Okay. So, Tupac Ameru Shakur was born on June 16th, 1971 in East Harlem section of Upper Manhattan, New York City. He was born as Lassane Parrish Crooks, but at the age of one was renamed to Tupac Amar Shakur. Oh, okay. That was a change... His parents made. At one year old. Yep. Here's why. Okay. So he was named after Tupac Amor II. He was named after Tupac Amor II, the descendant of the last Incan ruler, who was executed hmm. in Peru in 1781 after he f- his failed revolt against the Spanish rule. Hmm. Tupac's mother explained, I wanted him to have the name of a revolutionary indigenous people in the world. I wanted him to know he was part of a world culture and not just from a neighborhood. Tupac was raised by his mother, Afini Shakur. He relocated to Baltimore in 1984 and to the San Francisco Bay Area. And with the release of his debut album, Tupacalypse Now, in 1991, he became a central figure in West Coast hip hop for his conscious rap lyrics. Shakur achieved further critical and commercial success with his follow-up albums in 1993 and 1995. His Diamond certified album, All Eyes on Me, was in 1996, the first double-length album in hip-hop history. Abandoned his introspective lyrics for volatile gangster rap. In addition to his music career, Shakur had also found um, considerable success as an actor. Have you ever seen him in any movies? I don't think so. Well, there was Juice. You've never seen Juice? No. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) never mind then. Um, In 1992, he was in Juice, Poetic Justice, Above the Rim, Bullet, Grindlocked, and Gang Related. Now, Tupac didn't have a spotless record by any fucking means, but we're not here to go through his fucking... Rap history TV. yes yeah. it's just not but i only bring it up because i briefly mention it here sure in 1995 tupac served eight months in prison on sexual abuse charges but was released pending an appeal of his conviction marion shug knight do you know who that is yes okay just check him yes paid the bail of 1.4 million dollars to get him out oh, following his release he signed to Suge Knight's label, Death Row Records. Mm, okay. And he became heavily involved in the growing East Coast, West Coast hip-hop rivalry. Have you heard of that? Yes. Biggie and... Okay. Yes. <laughs> Just checking. No, it's totally fine. I understand, like... Yeah. You're not big into, like, 90s rap. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, it, like it, it comes in, it depends, but yeah, mm. I'm not incredibly familiar with the controversy surrounding like Tupac's death. So I'm super like excited that you're doing this case so I can learn about it. On the night of September 7th, 1996, Tupac was in Las Vegas, Nevada to celebrate his business partner, Tracy Robinson's birthday. And they attended the Bruce Selden versus Mike Tyson boxing match with Suge Knight at the MGM Grand. Afterward in the lobby, someone in their group spotted Orlando Baby Lane Anderson, an alleged Southside Counting Crip, who the individual accused of having recently tried to snatch his neck chain with a Death Row Records medallion in a shopping mall. The hotel surveillance footage shows the assault on Anderson. Tupac soon stopped by his hotel room and then headed with Suge Knight to his death row nightclub, Club 662, in a black BMW 750IL sedan, part of a larger convoy. Mm -hmm. They were all traveling together. And when I say they assaulted him, I mean they assaulted him. Yeah. They stomped him out in the middle of a fucking hotel lobby. Jesus Christ. Which is obviously like a huge blow to his reputation. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So at about 11 p.m. on Las Vegas Boulevard, bicycle-mounted police stopped the car for its loud music and lack of license plates. The plates were found in the trunk, and the car was released without a ticket. At about 11.15 p.m. at a stoplight, a white four-door late-model Cadillac sedan pulled up to the passenger side, and an occupant rapidly fired into the car. Tupac was struck four times, once in the arm, thigh and then twice in the chest wow one of the bullets in his chest entered his right lung mm. shards hit sugar Knight's head frank alexander tupac's bodyguard was not in the car at the time he would say he had been tasked to drive the car of tupac's girlfriend tupac was taken to the university medical center of southern nevada where he was heavily sedated and put on life support in the ICU on the afternoon of September 13th, 1996, Tupac died from internal ble bleeding. Wow. He was pronounced dead at 4.03 p.m. The official cause of death are respiratory failure and cardiopulmonary arrest. Yeah. Obviously associated with multiple gunshot wounds. Yeah. Um, so, there are tons I mean, tons of conspiracy theories about his death in general. Um, there's some that range from he's not really dead. He's in Cuba. Sure. Yep. I've he's heard not that. really in dead. He is in witness protection. Um, I've heard that. He is not really dead. He's here in the United States under in hiding. I don't believe that. I don't believe any of it. Um, <clears throat> but I'm not going to cover the conspiracy theory of is he dead? We're just going to assume he is dead. Sure. Because there were people reported his friends at the hospital who had to, his mom had that yeah. had to watch his mom suffer. So yeah. I don't know. I don't want to go against that when sure you know like yeah. fucking brutal. She had to, her son died. I don't want to like take that away. Yeah, I understand. So I'm going to discuss the theories of who killed Tupac. <laughs> the theory I'm going to discuss is music mogul Sean Diddy Combs paid $1 million to hire a Crips gang member to orchestrate the killing of rapper Tupac Shakur and his manager, Marion Suge Knight. P. Diddy? P. Diddy. Oh, shit. There was a whole goddamn documentary about this. I did not know this. Yes. Um, so, 
I'm going to talk a lot about a Greg Kading. He was a retired Los Angeles LAPD detective. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to discuss his findings. Greg Kading once led LAPD task force that investigated the decades-old shooting of Tupac Shakur and Biggie Smalls, also known as the Notorious B.I.G. Smalls was a close friend of Diddy's who was supposedly killed in retaliation for Tupac's death. The killings were seen as the violent outcome of a rivalry between artists and fans of the West Coast and East Coast hip-hop scenes in the 90s. Public fascination over the still unsolved cases has been at extremes ever since. People still are fascinated by this. Yeah. Based on his three years working the cases, Kading claims that Combs, formerly known as Puff Daddy, hired gang member Dwayne Keith D. Davis to kill both Tupac and Suge. Davis's nephew, Orlando Baby Lane Anderson, actually did the shooting. In retaliation, Suge Knight hired Bloods gang member Wardell Pucci Faust to kill Smalls for $13,000. Thirteen grand. $1 million first. 13,000. So Tupac was worth 1 million dead. Yeah. Biggie was 13. Okay. Done. According to this theory. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I mean, okay. Through the investigation, Kading said he managed to secure a verifiable confession from Keith D about the events that led to Tupac's murder. Keith D faced serious charges for another crime. If his intention was to get away with it, so to speak, Kading told the Huffington Post, it would have been very easy for him to not include all the detail that he did. As we all know, the investigation never led to anyone being arrested or charged in either killing. Kading said that that's because the department wasn't so much interested in prosecuting either of those cases as it was debunking a conspiracy theory put forward by Biggie Small's mother in a federal wrongful death lawsuit that the department was trying to cover up an officer's involvement with her son. Biggie Small's conspiracy theory was that cops were involved. Yeah. 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 That was debunked. So, Kading's team cleared the department of any involvement. The investigation into both murders was then dropped. Because it didn't matter at that point, they debunked the police. So, who gives a fuck about anything else? Yeah. Um, Another reason the department didn't want to pursue formal charges against Diddy was because of his celebrity status. And because two of the suspects died of unrelated causes prior to this investigation that Kading was doing. Kading is not a great person. He acknowledges that he was removed from the task force due to an unrelated IA investigation that eventually cleared him of any wrongdoing, but boasted his image as a rogue cap. Mm. He literally is quoted saying that. Rogue cap. Get the fuck out of here. You're just trying to make yourself sound cooler. You sound stupid. Yeah. Um, So you don't follow the rules. Thank you for sharing. So Huffington Post tried to call out, contact the LAPD. They obviously declined comment. Yeah. Um, They tried to contact P. Diddy. Once again, couldn't reach him. So weird. Yeah. It's okay. You know what I think happened? One day we'll know. For sure. With Tupac, not Biggie, because that's not what I was researching. Yeah. I think it was Orlando Baby Lane, whatever, that they stomped out in the fucking lobby getting retaliation for being stomped out in a lobby. Yeah. So following them and then shooting them. That's, Seems I mean, quite likely. Yeah, feels very likely. So that's what I think happened. 
if it's true, who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe P. Diddy isn't who you think he is. I mean, I don't really think uh, many about things. him at all. Yeah, I would say yeah. I don't think many things about P. Diddy. Yeah. You know, anymore. I'm. I'm pretty sure I had a crush on him when I was young. Yeah. So, who killed Tupac? No one knows. Mm. Interesting. I'm ready for yours. You're ready? Are you sure? I am. Okay. Sinister sculptures and secret bunkers. Swastika. (laughs) Sorry, we're going to do it like that. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Swastika-shaped runways and murals that point to a new world order takeover or alien invasion. What about those gargoyles hanging out by the baggage claim? Conspiracy theories about Denver International Airport have soared for more than two decades, owing to the airport's mix of bold public art, unusual architecture, infamous construction problems, and an internet-fueled cycle of self-feeding paranoia. They predate even the airport's 1995 debut, but Jesse Ventura helped popularize them with a 2012 episode of his TV show, Conspiracy Theory. And dozens of media outlets from ABC News to the Science Channel continue to report them on an annual basis. Oh my god. Yep. And I'd never heard of this. Like, yeah. All I know is I thought there was something about lizard people. I, don't even, I might not even be right. Yeah. No, you kind of are. We will touch on it. Okay. So, not that the airport discourages the speculation. Quote, We have a CEO, Kim Day, who really embraces the conspiracy ideas, said Heath Montgomery, Senior Public Information Officer for DIA. We decided a few years ago that rather than fight all of this and try and convince everybody there's nothing really going on, let's have some fun with it. So, in 2016, DIA opened a museum-style exhibition of some of the most notable and least controversial theories in honor of October being Conspiracy Month. Genius. Did you know there was a Conspiracy Month? I didn't, but it's genius to have that fucking opening. We should do another episode in October. But anyway. Absolutely. It's absolutely genius to make money off people. Yeah. Um, I read somewhere, I don't have it like in my notes here, but I did read that they think that the conspiracy stuff is uh, generates about $1.5 million of income for the airport a year. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah, I'd break out a fucking museum for that shit too. Right? Come look, y'all. Yeah. So, let's start with some facts and then we'll dive into theories. So, the Denver area was originally serviced by Stapleton International Airport, which opened in 1929... And began being decommissioned in 1985 to make room for the newly proposed DIA. Stapleton was too small to service the growing demand for flights um, from and through Denver. And Denver itself was expanding. And they were kind of at Stapleton's backyard. Local communities were threatening to sue for noise pollution. So, newly elected Denver Mayor Frederico Peña led a proposal for a new airport on newly annexed land. They broke ground in September of 1989, but didn't open until February of 1995, 16 months behind schedule. Plus, the initial budget was $2.8 billion, 
and they went two billion dollars over budget. Oh God! Yeah, Ooh. yikes on bikes. So the total cost of the airport, adjusted for inflation, is over nine billion dollars for an airport. For an airport. All right. Like it's a super busy airport. I believe it's. Um, if it's not the busy busiest, it's like one of the top two or three. Like it's crazy busy in Denver. Um, you know, they're kind of at a sweet spot in the country. They're really good for transfers and they are. I've been held there quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So since they were so far over budget, conspiracy theorists began wondering what exactly that money could have been used for. So let's break down some theories. The first one, secret societies. I want to be a part of a secret society in case you were wondering. Oh, okay. Are we not a secret society? We're two people. That is the start of a society. It stops there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. fine. Um, so, the theory. The Freemasons, a centuries-old secret society, has controlled the airport ever since it opened with ties to the New World Order, a group of global elites who wield power over international affairs. That's the theory. Okay. The history, so why this theory exists, a dedication plaque at the airport's south entrance dated March 19th, 1994, otherwise known as my seventh birthday. It was very important. No. Uh, Anyways. Contains a time capsule and bears the symbol of the Freemasons, as well as a reference to the New World Airport Commission... Strange markings have also been noted around the airport, supposedly indicating secret or alien languages. What are your thoughts? Because um, I have the facts here. But I want to know what you think. That people will believe anything, but what does it, what does it really say? So, while the Freemasons are a legitimate, fraternal, and historically cloistered organization with civic ties to the airport's dedication, there is no evidence to suggest they have a hand in ongoing planning or decision-making at the civilian facility. Anti-Masonic conspiracies that date back more than a century were clearly dusted off and updated in advance of 2012's Apocalypse Fever. You I know, because the Mayans said the world was going to end, so all of us were like, I mean, Y2K didn't happen, but like... Maybe we'll die. This is some creepy shit. Yeah. I mean, all of us for a hot second were like, I don't want to die. Yeah, like, there was a hot minute when I'm like, oh, it's not really going to end on December 21st, right? Like, like but, like, it, also, it can't, but, like, it's not going to, right? I mean, it was, but, like, a whole They calendar. convinced us that Y2K was real. I mean, we thought that computers just wouldn't work anymore because they would think it's 1900, like, they're sentient beings and would automatically forget Everything that they'd ever been programmed to do. We don't need do. to talk about how stupid we all are as a society. We will believe anything. We really will. Yeah. So, the time capsule to be opened in 2094 contains coins, a signed opening day ball from Coors Field, Mayor Wellington Webb's sneakers, and a few Black Hawk casino tokens, among other items. Sneakers? Yeah, this sounds like a really dumb time capsule. Like worn sneakers? Yeah, Gross. like like the mayor's shoes. No, thank you. 
How do those tell us about the moment in history? Was he incredibly fashionable? That is not mentioned. Somehow. Was his feet rank and now they're going to open it and die? Yeah, think about that. Yeah. Okay. The New World Airport Commission was named by Charles Ansbacher, an arts advocate who died in 2010. The name is a reference to Dvorak's New World Symphony, according to a 2007 Westward article. And the commission was created only to orchestrate DIA's opening festivities. It no longer exists. So, like, when people look it up now and they're like, this isn't even real! Like, well, it it was for a very brief time to open the airport and it doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Like, yes, it is stupid to call it the New World airport whatever but that's that doesn't mean that it's the new world order okay the strange markings around the airport are navajo language characters and references to other airport artists that's embarrassing it is that's embarrassing let's move on the next theory deals with artistic clues to the apocalypse more apocalypse So the theory, the airport's 40-piece public art collection, most notably its colorful 28-foot-wide murals by artist Leo Tanguma, its Notre-Denver gargoyle sculptures near the east and west side baggage claim areas, and the Mustang sculpture near Peña Boulevard are clues to a sinister influence at the airport, alternately credited as Illuminati, Freemasons, New World Order, or Nazis. Oh, now we're throwing in Nazis. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. The history. Like most DIA conspiracy theories, this one roughly parallels the rise of the internet at the time of the airport's opening and has been given fuel over the years by radio hosts like George Nuri, TV conspiracy backer Ventura, and many others. They point to Nazi or fascist imagery in Tenguma's murals. These are found on level five of the Jeppesen Terminal. So if you're there, go take a peek. The ominous and seemingly random nature of the gargoyles. The facts. The meaning of Tenguma's murals is frequently divorced from the context of their creation, which tells a hopeful story of peace and environmental stewardship following times of war and pollution. Conspiracy theorists focus only on the grim imagery, but not the rainbow-laden resolution. Read from right to left in the mural, Children of the World Dream of Peace. I'm going to talk more about the horse in a minute, the sculpture, because it has an interesting kind of, like, fucked up history. The gargoyles have historically been used as decorative yet functional downspouts and in general as longtime symbols of protection to ward off evil spirits. In DIA's case, they're playfully popping out of open suitcases on pillars. (laughs) So they're like cute gargoyles, I guess. Gargoyles are always there to protect against evil forces. They have them at churches. Yeah. Yeah. But this is an airport, Sarah. Well... Not a church. They gotta protect it. They do. So, the next theory is about underground bunkers and aliens. Loser people! Yeah. (laughs) This is, yes, basically. So, the theory. 
Hidden beneath the airport's underground baggage transport tunnels is a secret bunker or series of bunkers designed to house billionaires and global political elite in the event of an apocalypse. Lizard people, (laughs) a.k.a. reptoids, (laughs) and or evidence of aliens are also thought to be lurking down there. And they never have come out. Come on, people. Yep. So here's the history. Contractors who originally worked on the airport, which went over budget and opened 16 months behind schedule, reportedly saw evidence of bunker entrances and unexplained tunnels in the plans. A multi-million dollar automated baggage system failed to work as designed, fueling doubts about the intent and scale of the construction. An alien drawing has appeared on the walls and blurry footage of lizard people has appeared on conspiracy websites. Here are the facts. Roughly 1,000 people work daily in the various levels underneath the airport, ferrying luggage among ticket counters, planes, and baggage claim areas in a pair of 7,000-foot-long tunnels that run alongside the airport's underground trains, which were not immediately ready to use upon the airport's opening. As seen during a tour of the tunnels provided to the Denver Post, all plumbing and electrical infrastructure appears to end at the underground area's lowest level. Hiding anything else under it would be an engineering feat on par with the channel that connects England to France. (laughs) Furthermore, over the years, little personal touches have been made, Montgomery said of the tunnels, pointing to the hand-drawn alien image as well as decidedly non-alien-themed graffiti, like smiley faces. (laughs) So people are tagging. Gotcha. Yes. Um, So they were, they saw these, like, this is from a Denver Post article, and so, like, they were driving around the tunnels, and they said they were, like, under the B concourse. So the automated baggage system was actually used in various capacities, mostly by United Airlines, up until 2010, There's a certain mystique to anything you can't see, Montgomery said, of the 470,000 square feet of underground space. The fact of the matter is, it would take me three days to show you everything down here. Finally, airport workers have been known to don lizard masks as pranks (laughs) while the media are on tours, including one caught on camera by Fox 31 KDVR Denver in a video that has since been circulated, often uncredited, as evidence of their existence <laughs> that's awesome that's hilarious oh my god they're my hero yeah <laughs> all right next conspiracy deals with nazi runways and remote locations so the theory dia's location approximately 25 miles from downtown denver swastika shaped runway configuration and various barely concealed symbols of nazism or fascism Hint at any number of sinister plots, theorists say. Also, a tunnel is said to connect DIA to NORAD nearly 100 miles to the south near Colorado Springs. So, the history. Nazi conspiracy theories have been among the most popular online for the last two decades, and despite its recent tongue-in-cheek embrace of most conspiracies, DIA officials have shied from directly addressing them, which some see as a sign of their validity. Mm. We do have, yeah, 
We do have some subject matter that we wanted to either just avoid or tread very lightly with, said DIA's Kaufman in response to a question about what made the cut for October's exhibit in the main terminal. Some things are worth debunking. Others aren't. The facts. A close look at the aerial photography of the supposedly swastika-shaped runways reveals a lumpy, misshapen, and largely interpretive swastika at best. The rotating fan shape allows for optimal takeoff into and against the wind from different directions depending on weather and traffic patterns. Additionally, a 90-mile-long tunnel from DIA's remote location to NORAD seems highly unlikely and cost-prohibitive given that the world's longest underground rail tunnel, the newly opened Swiss Alps-traversing Goddard Base Tunnel, is less than half that length at 35 miles long and took more than a decade to excavate and construct. Jesus Christ. So I don't think that tunnel exists. It's highly unlikely. Right. All right. Next theory. This theory is that the horse, the Mustang sculpture, is a nod to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So the blue Mustang, also known as Blucifer. I can't. All right. Blucifer. (laughs) Blucifer is a 32-foot-tall fiberglass sculpture by artist Luis Jimenez, located along Peña Boulevard. It's actually inspired by the sculpture Mesteño at the University of Oklahoma, but sinister events surrounding the sculpture have fueled conspiracy theories for years. For one, people point to the statue's glowing red eyes. Literally, it's a bright blue fucking horse and its eyes light up red. I mean, that's fucking genius. That's why it's called Blucifer. Kind of makes me want to name my... I, I want to get a cat, and I want to name it Lucifer. It's a cute cat name. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, okay. So, people, okay, people point to the statue's glowing red eyes as a nod to the four horsemen of the apocalypse, though the artist did once say that the red color was in honor of the wild spirit of the American West. Sure. Likely story. That sounds dumb. Yeah. It doesn't help that Jimenez actually died two years before the piece was completed because a piece of the statue fell on him. Stop. Severed his femoral artery and he bled out. So since then, people have been concocting all sorts of wild theories about the horse's purpose. As mundane as it is, it seems the horse is simply artwork and nothing more. But it did kill its sculptor. So, you know. I mean, that gives it extra bonus points. Yeah. You're, you've reached new credibility when you're murdering people and you're just art. Yeah. Um, and that's the Denver International Airport conspiracy theories. There's so many. There are. I literally knew one. Yep. There are several. Um, yeah, I still have a lot of questions. Like, I want to, I want to fly into Denver and just look around the airport. Just wander around. Well, I'll go see my cousin afterward. Obviously, she lives there, but... Um, I'm going to spend like an hour just walking the airport. At least. Six hours later, here comes Samantha. Right. It's haunted! 
right? I like I tell her I'm the like yeah I I'm like I get in at 4 p.m. but really I got in at 10 a.m. and I'm just like staring at the weird art on the wall and I'm like look at it <laughs> it is the apocalypse right and I get there and I just like have wild eyes. Aaron's like um get the fuck back go get back in a plane no you're not welcome right no she'd be totally down to clown with me on stuff like that down to cl- get the fuck down out of clown! <laughs> she'd be down to clown oh my gosh okay um, big oh my gosh yeah all right conspiracy theories Con- they unique conspiracy theories and if I you love want them. us to do a specific one send it our way yeah because I honestly had a horrible time picking what to do because you've been obsessed with the Denver airport for so long. I know. I love conspiracy theories. Like, there is an incredibly logical part of my brain that understands that, like, most conspiracy theories are complete fucking garbage. But I am so interested to see how people make leaps in some cases. And then sometimes I'm, like, totally compelled by the evidence. And I'm like, obviously that's what happened. <laughs> you, your brain does follow the tracks a it little does. bit harder than most people. Yeah. So, like, it's, Sarah, it's here. Go get a drink. Yes. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right, so last week we played a game called Bold, and we're going to do a little bit more of that this time. We sure are. But first, I have a couple of things to tell you. Okay. Okay, number one. The end. Yeah, so the thing about the end. Okay, so I'm reading this book. It's called um, Small Town Big Magic, okay? Okay. I'm reading it and it gets to the end of a chapter and like I so I don't have the percentage turned on when I read a book because it stresses me out to know how close or far I am from the end and also like if a book is kind of dragging I'm just gonna stare at the percent every like minutia that it moves and obsess over it so I turn it off in any case I was reading it And so the end of this chapter, she's talking about like, oh, this bad thing that would happen, it would be blank, the end. And I clicked the next button because we are in the middle of a plot device. I actually knew at this point that I was 84% of the way through. I had checked like the beginning of the day. So I was like, why am I getting a, like it said the end. And then I hit the next button and it just goes, here are some other books to try. And I was like, wait, what happened? And so I X'd out of that to, because I wanted to go back. I was like, was that really the end of the book? But it was the start of the next chapter. And then the book continued on for another 16%. But I think Kindle has an automatic thing built in. And there was a single sentence that said, the end. Oh, And it thought the book was fucking over. That's crazy. I was like, how many people stopped reading at this point? Like X'd and then X'd out. That's possible. I mean, okay, so we're going to okay. play. Oh, what was the other thing you want to talk about? Um, well, this is going to be a few weeks old by then, so it's not even going to matter. But I just wanted to tell you that Speak Now is coming out July 7th, <laughs> and I'm so fucking excited about it. Okay. That's all, but that's going to be like weeks old by the time this comes out. So it doesn't matter. Will it? Yeah, because we're... So it just happened last night. And so this chit chat is going to be at least after one more episode. So we're talking at least two weeks out from the news. It's not exciting anymore. Oh, okay. Well, most people won't know. They will. They're Swifties like you. Um, that doesn't matter. Okay. It's old news. Let's play the bold game. What do you spend too much time doing? Reading. Fair. 100% reading. 
What are the last three things on your phone search history? You know what, Samantha? That is a great question. They were Northwest Kim Kardashian's daughter's age. Because <laughs> I saw the photo of her and I was like, well, she looks a lot older than I thought she would. Yeah, isn't she like 10 by now? I don't know. I gave up looking. Um, Sweet. Blue hair, purple hair. Okay. Because I wanted to see the rainbow look because I saw one on the cover of a book. Mm-hmm. Oh, elementary schools in Texas. <laughs> what were your last three searches? Okay, ink and drink. It's a screen printing and drinking, like you screen print a shirt as your activity while you drink. So it's like a board and brush type thing. I want to go. But you screen print shirts. Well, they don't have one in Dallas. Stupid. I know. They have one in Denver. Want to go to the airport? (laughs) (laughs) No, thanks. This episode. Yeah, I know. Okay, so I searched for ink and drink because that was a new thing for me. Um, I looked up H.T. Hayes because he does Taylor Swift album reactions. Okay. And, um, he has a reaction to her entire Reputation Stadium tour that's on Netflix. And so I searched for that and found it. Oh, I also searched for typology skincare. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then I viewed some maps. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you want to play Super bolt? interesting. Yes. Now we go back to the game? Yeah. All right. That was part of the game. I know. I forgot. <laughs> I thought we were just being nosy into each other's no. lives. Okay. Which of your habits do you wish you could shake? Ooh. Picking at my skin. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you crave more of in your life? Oh, structure. Okay. That's a good one. If animals can talk, which do you think would be the rudest? Oh, Knox. <laughs> Your cat? Yeah. Oh, I meant like sorry. animals in general. Because like, most animals people listening are going to be oh, like, cats. Oh, her cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, Knox out of the three of them for sure. But yeah. cats. Cats would oh. be the biggest assholes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I love them. <laughs> huge assholes. They are huge assholes. Okay. What jobs are you surprised exist? Okay, so there is this football <laughs> there's a football coach who has a, an assistant who literally just walks to make sure he doesn't walk out on the field. <laughs> I can't believe that he exists. <laughs> like, that's just, a really good one. Like that's his whole goddamn job is to make sure his boss doesn't go on the field. Like he has to push. <laughs> yeah, that's what I can't believe exists. You're right. And women are the emotional ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, so funny. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, Do you want to read the next one, too, or something? Because you sounded... Oh, no. I was thinking of what my answer would be, and I was oh. like, I don't know what to say, but I don't have to answer. You don't. <laughs> Perfect. Um, what is the cringiest thing you have witnessed? Mm, okay. The cringiest thing I've witnessed. You worked at a bar in Chicago. Come on. Sure. Let me dial it back to the days where I blacked out four times a week. <laughs> Occasionally you had to have been there for the process. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, sometimes I was the cringe. Well, that's upsetting. Don't admit those moments. Keep <laughs> that to yourself. Um, why is this so hard? Can I tell you one of mine? 
Yeah. Okay, I was at a high school drinking party. It was just a party. I don't know why I have to say drinking party. I was at a high school party. Yeah. And this couple was fighting over something stupid, like he touched another girl's booty, which yeah. isn't a pointless fight in real life, because if that happened, like, nowadays I'd beat the fuck out of my husband. Right. But anyways, we were in high school, and he touched another girl's booty, and his girlfriend was, like, screaming at him, and we're all sitting there, like, watching, because what the fuck else are you going to do? You're going to watch the fight. Yeah. So they're watching the fight. And then they start making out, but it didn't stop there. She started to suck on his nipples. <gasps> what? In front of everyone. No. And I have never been so in my <laughs> life. I will never forget. It. I was drunk as fuck. And I still remember thinking, what happened to you? Yeah. And why is this happening in front of us? And yeah. every single person there made the same fucking face. Yeah. What are we seeing? Holy shit. So that will stick with me forever. And that was definitely the cringiest thing I've ever seen. I would almost have preferred she blew him in front of us. Like, I don't know. It was the action and intimacy of... I can't. Yeah, no. Do you know what I mean, though? Like, the other one would have been even less upsetting. (laughs) I, I literally cannot think. Well, now you can't beat that. No, I can't. So I shan't try. Okay, that's fine. Okay, great. Um, which parts of your life do you wish could be automated? Work. Duh. <laughs> what yeah. do you mean? That's a stupid question. Yeah, work, but I still want to be paid for it. Yeah, no, like I still want the funds. I just don't want to do the work. Yes. 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 Yeah. What are your pet peeves and what do you think mine are? Um, my pet peeves. Things changing at the last minute. Oh yeah, that does bother you. I hate that. Yeah, I try and I'm, I try to like think go about it and like yeah, go like I want to be such a chill, go with the flow person, but I am such a type A planner. Like mm-hmm. I'm. Sometimes I wonder how we're friends. Yeah, <laughs> we're so different. Well, like, and there's days that I'm like super type A planner. Everything is planned out and great. And there are some days where you're like, I don't know what's happening, bro. I'm here for the ride. Yeah, like. <laughs> Saddle up. Let's yeah, like I'm here. You, I don't know what you're gonna get out of me today, but um, I'm present. So, what is mine? Oh, a pet peeve of yours. If you don't know my biggest pet peeve, being touched. Well, no, that's not even my biggest pet peeve. I just don't like it. Yeah, pet peeve. People eating mouth oh, noises. Oh yeah, mouth noises. Oh yeah, those drive you fucking nuts. I mean. Your child at three knew, even at two, like, he knows mouth. mouth. <laughs> yeah. I literally say mouth, and he knows to close his mouth. Mm-hmm. I can't. My cousin is the same way, though. She has to turn on music when her family eats. Yeah. And I get it. Yeah. Because, like, I hear people eating murder. Yeah. Like, BJ's nose was stuffed the other day because of allergies, and I was like, I think you're just going to have to starve. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, you can go eat outside. <laughs> like, you're going to have to die because <laughs> I can't listen to this. Yeah. I will die. If you could see a statistic or a number floating over people's heads, like in a video game, what would you most want to see and why? So do you want to know what my initial reaction is? Dick size? Oh, I was going to say horniness. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I have no reason. Sure. I just think it'd be funny. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know what I would want to see. Part of me wants to know, like, like how many times have you cheated on someone? Oh, that's a good statistic. Like, because that tells that's a lot gonna, about person. Yeah, that's going to tell me a lot about you. And, like, I'm not saying it's the most important thing. Like, I, it's happened to plenty of people. But, like, did it happen once or did it happen 73 times? You know, like, like those are very different. Okay. What hobbies do you hope to have when you're old? Mm, okay, so I really do love reading. So I would like that to continue to be a hobby because it's mm-hmm. magical. Um, I do like macrame. Mm-hmm. Pick that up again when a child isn't around would be great. Yeah. I used to love doing it before my child. And now I can't. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can't with, like, lavender. I can't get out, like, my diamond paintings or anything. She's gonna fuck that shit right up. I know. Like, she'll knock it all everywhere. That would be probably the two things. Reading and macrame. Cool. Okay. Gardening? I do like gardening. Yeah. I do enjoy that. Pulling weeds and stuff. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll actually get to grow something in my garden besides you know, lime trees, if lavender ever lets a pepper or another pretty flower survive. No, she's going to destroy it. I'm going to kill her. What would be the worst thing to be famous for? Ooh. That's a good one. Um, Being a piece of shit. Yeah, there's quite a few of those out there. What would be the stupidest? Say the rest of the question. Oh, what would be the worst thing to be famous for? What would be the stupidest? Your parents being famous. That's a good one. Yeah. Because then you're not famous. Yeah. Hey, what do you think your red flags are? Oh, God. Um, That's a good one. I mean, I get attached. I try... I don't know. Are you a clinger clinger? Like, no. You you form emotions right away. Yeah. You do My really, emotional you, attachment is like immediate. Yeah, you do good about keeping it to your damn self. Um, but yeah, there, like I'm not out there being like, hey, by the let's way, have your baby, let me have your babies. But right? in your mind. But in my mind, I'm just like, well, obviously our first dance would. <laughs> like, it's fucking crazy. Like, I recognize that is not normal or okay. Like, okay, this has been so much fun. Um, I really like this game. Um, we'll have to do more stuff like this. Yeah, I love the fun questions. We'll do it again. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Doom Crew today. We hope you enjoyed our spooky and humorous take on true crime. As always, we want to remind you to follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Doom Crew Podcast. And don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps us improve the show and reach more listeners who share our spooky sense of humor. So until next time, stay curious, stay spooky, and remember to always look over your shoulder. This has been the Doom Crew, signing off. Can we just do one fucking take? (laughs) (laughs) No! Please, baby.